Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Boren. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Strangeology Podcast. I wanted to give a quick thanks to all my listeners out there who checked out my last episode. You all seem to really dig that one, and that's awesome. So to all new listeners out there, if this is your first time listening to the show or the last episode was, welcome aboard to this strange and unexplained express. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, yeah, last episode was super fun with Aaron Deese, so definitely check out his podcast again, Hey Strangeness. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone's been doing all right. The world is a wild place right now. Uh, but in New England, uh, we at least had our first taste of spring. Uh, just the other day, it hit 60 degrees, and that was super nice. It was awesome to get outside instead of being cooped up and uh, trying to stay warm with all the snow that we had recently got that is now melting away. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, doing some some projects around the house, uh, indoors and outdoors. This spring, we have a uh, literal laundry list of things to do, but it's going to keep me busy for sure on top of everything else. <laughs> uh, this winter felt like it was a little bit long compared to years past, but we're almost out of it and uh, definitely looking forward to warmer weather, uh, cryptid conventions, and all the fun stuff that happens in the spring and summer and fall. So it's going to be good. As far as new stuff for Strangeology, I've been working on designing a few new pieces of merch for the shop, uh, one of which I'll be releasing hopefully around the time this episode comes out. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is just yet, although my Patreon members did get a first look at what this particular design is, so they know what it's all about. Uh, I'm super stoked on it, so I can't wait to uh, get that up on, on the Etsy shop. It's a design that I had brewing in my head for quite a while that I, I started at some point in the last year or two, and it was just kind of a back burner thing for a while, and uh, finally got around to finishing it. <laughs> it's one of those involved illustrations, uh, so it'll be fun, and uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, I might do some kind of a giveaway uh, for it, so if you're into that kind of thing, you'll want to follow my Instagram uh, just to be uh, aware and have a heads up of when that's going to drop. As far as other news, I just released a brand new video over on my YouTube channel called Top 10 Unexplained Bigfoot Videos. It's been a while since I've done a, a video like this, so, uh, but it's, it's basically a collection of a lot of interesting and compelling footage and uh of you know the big guy and uh there's so much stuff out there that it's it's hard to know what's real what's not uh but uh those are some of my my favorite pieces of footage and i'm sure i'm going to do a follow-up at some point because there's a lot more stuff out there and it would be great if you could check it out over on my youtube channel comment with your thoughts and i would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the channel as well I'm making a concerted effort this year to get more video content out and grow my followership over there. So if you like exploring the world of weird, definitely consider checking that out. All right, so for today's episode, we've got another interview. I had a great chat with the artist and cartoonist Ellen Liebenthal. She has a super fun style and is pretty prolific in the amount of artwork that she has in her portfolio. She's part of some organizations that deal with comics and cartoons. And she also has a book about cryptozoology, which is really, really awesome. 
Anyway, I think you're going to like this chat, so why don't we just jump into the episode? All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, Tonight's guest is artist Ellen Liebenthal. Uh, Ellen is a cartoonist, fabric designer, and writer based out of New York. And she is also a social media director for the National Cartoonist Society. And Ellen also has a big love for cryptozoology, which we love here on the Strangeology podcast. Uh, And Ellen's even authored and illustrated a cryptid book called A to Z cryptozoology. So thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, Ellen. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your background and you know what what you do? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I've been an artist for a while now. I, uh, I work full time as a graphic designer in the fabric industry. Uh, so then I also do fabric design with them. I design a lot of quilting fabric uh, but I am also a cartoonist and a writer. Uh, so I always joke that I work uh, nine to five and then I work five to nine. So the seconds <laughs> I leave work, I'm working on my own projects. I'm writing. I'm doing what I can to get what I really, really want to write out there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that I'm uh, I myself am a graphic designer by trade uh, as well. And uh, I do freelance work right now. I don't have a nine to five. <laughs> I guess the strangeology has kind of become my nine to five, which is pretty cool. It's, you know, kind That's of awesome. come into its own own thing and a few different, you know, avenues of like what I'm doing with it, which is really fun. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, what made you realize uh, that art was your calling? Was there a particular moment in your life where you were like, this is what I, I want to do? So I think that desire was always there. I was, I've been drawing since I was very young. I remember in class when like my teacher would take the paper away because I was like doodling in the corners of my notebooks. Uh, but it wasn't until right at the end of uh, my senior year in college. So I actually went to school for linguistics. So I studied uh, language. And I always, I took art classes, Uh, like I'm not just an illustrator, I also paint and I was taking a lot of painting classes. And my, it was, this story, it's like very fortuitous how it kind of came to be where I am now. I was painting my senior year and I had posted my final project on Facebook. And this uh, person that I knew, like he was a friend, but like, an acquaintance, like I only met him a couple of times. He had shared my artwork and he writes to me and he goes, Hey, my aunt saw your painting and she was she wants to talk to you about it. And I'm like, all right, okay. Like I was graduating, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I met with her and it turned out she was this um famous painter. She had like shows in 60 countries and she just wanted to talk to me about the painting because it was very similar to something she was doing and right as I'm about to leave I go oh by the way I also do these illustrations and I like opens up my portfolio and she's like you need to work for me and yeah and that's how I started I taught myself photoshop in design uh and then I just kept growing from there and then moved jobs around and now I work in the fabric industry Wow. That's uh that's an awesome story. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's something to be said about, uh, you know, kind of doing it, uh, DIY and teaching yourself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like I took art classes throughout high school and I went, I went to college for design, but I had largely been self-taught in like Photoshop and illustrator and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely hands-on work helps you learn a lot faster. Yes. Like I started mostly in design. And then when I started my new job, they, uh, my coworker gave me some like basics and gave me projects to practice. And then I just learned from (laughs) there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now since you do like, uh, you do like comic strips and stuff like that. And, um, do you have like a favorite comic book or, like a cartoon that you had when you were growing up or, or currently oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I, I was basically raised on mad magazine. 
uh, <laughs> I was reading Spy versus Spy before I could read, just like flipping through. Um, yeah, I, I was actually go. I'm uh, visiting my parents right now, so I was going through a lot of the books I have, and I just have piles and piles of magazines, so worn out from just every single day flipping through them. So that was definitely when I was younger. Um, and nowadays, I, I read a lot of different things. The the stuff I really like, I really love um, Brian K. Vaughn. He's just an incredible writer. And he wrote uh, Why the Last Man and Saga. And uh, I just yeah. love his work. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, gosh, I, I checked out, I think, the first uh, few issues of, of Saga. There was a, a period of time a few years mm-hmm. ago that I was, I was reading a lot of comics like Walking Dead mm-hmm. and Invincible stuff from like image comics. And then yeah. my fiance um, was into Saga and she's like, Oh, you need to check this out. And, uh, oh, but yeah. I, I never got back to it cause <laughs> there's just so many different things going on uh, oh, in my yeah, life. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any artists that um, really kind of inspired you to pursue this path? Uh, yeah, it, again, it's really a lot of the artists and writers that are were in Mad Magazine and are in Mad Magazine. Um, I'm also, I'm a huge fan of um, animated comedies. So I, I was definitely watching, uh, what is it called? A- Adult Swim, like way too early. You know, like... <laughs> I, I must have been at like eight or something when I started watching. So I I really look towards uh, a lot of the showrunners. Like I love um, Matt Groening, uh, Seth MacFarlane, um, Dan Harmon. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the book I have with his name on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people like Rebecca Sugar. I really love her work. And um uh, Lisa Hanawalt. Uh, she's the one who did the design for uh, Bojack Horseman. And she oh, also cool. has a show out called Tuca and Birdie that I really love. Oh, yeah. I haven't checked that out. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I remember when Adult Swim came out. Yeah, I'm probably dating myself like late 90s, early, early 2000s. <laughs> and I think I had like a box set of Aqua Teen Hunger Force DVDs that... <laughs> that carried me through college and stuff. So <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Those are some good times for sure. Um, yeah. So what's, uh, you, you mentioned you, you, you also do painting, you do illustration. Do you have like a, a preferred medium? Um, like, do you like the more traditional uh, methods or do you also do like digital art, art creation? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I like working in a lot of different mediums. I definitely like finalizing my work more in digital. I think at least for me, it's just like a crisper, more. I I, I just I just like the look of it. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but you know, most of my sketching though is done in pencil and paper. It's just yeah. way easier to flip through and not think, okay, this has to be perfect, and I can. It's more organic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of similar in a way. I, um, I like to take out the pencil and the paper and sketch things that way. Uh, although, uh, I did recently get procreate for my, my iPad. So <laughs> I've oh, I been, love using that. <laughs> I've been, uh, doing a lot of designs like that, um, starting in there and then bringing it into illustrator to like, make it really crisp and clean and, and vectorized, I guess, um, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> for, oh, no, for I do the same designs. thing. Yeah. I, uh, sketch paper pencil and then I'll usually take a picture of it and bring it into procreate and then go into more fine details and the ink and the coloring there. It's just way yeah. easier. Also changing color arounds. Oh like yeah. If I go, yeah. If I'm like, Oh, I hate this. I didn't ruin the drawing. I can just fix it. It's really, it's a powerful tool that, that artists uh, can utilize now, which is really uh, a nice, a nice thing <laughs> for sure. <Yeah. laughs> um, so you have, uh, you have your own comic uh, called Instant Nuts. Am I, is that right? Can yeah, you talk that's about, right. <laughs> can you talk about that for a minute? Like what that's all about and uh, what, uh, what kind of inspired you to create that? 
I, I was like trying to think how to put into words what it is, but it's more just, the comic strip is more just a place where I put these random thoughts that don't really fit into, I don't know, a comedy bit or a book or this. It's just like a one-off thought and throw it in there. So <laughs> I, there if, if we're talking artists again, also that I'm um, very inspired by Brad Neely. Uh, he's a great cartoonist and all of his stuff is just very weird. Like it'll just be one lines and one line and an image that doesn't really match the line, but it's it just works. Uh, and he's also done a couple of shows. I think he has two or three shows on Adult Swim now. Um, uh, okay. No, so he's really good. That's where that's where the idea of like, I don't know. I I'd always had cartoons I was doing, and then I just you know went you know I should probably give a name to this and put them together to just yeah. organize them to make it less than just floating cartoons because then it's just chaos and then i don't know what to do with it <laughs> right that's uh, nice <laughs> what what's uh what's your favorite part of of the process of making your art is it kind mm -hmm. of like the beginning stage or like the finalizing stage or just kind of like concepting different characters or oh definitely the concept art is probably my favorite uh it really gives me a chance to be a little um fluid with design so I sometimes I'll draw something and I'll walk away and come back and completely redraw it um, and it looks so different but I like it because I didn't waste my time like doing the line work and the coloring for it it's just really fun to to create something new each time yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. nice um <laughs> Can you talk about your your fabric designing um, experience? That's you mentioned. That's kind of like your your nine to five. Like what what is that like? Oh, you know, I I love it. I it's it seeps well out of my nine to five because it's just it's a lot of work um, <laughs> and a lot a lot of editing, a lot of changing. Uh, but I I really love doing it. I uh, my I've come out with a few lines in the past one or two years. Uh, my favorite has to be, uh, it's perfect. It's a, called Amazing Aliens. And in it, I got to do a storybook. Oh, I actually have it right here. I worked out, I can show you it. Um, someone gets this, they get it as a panel and then they can cut it out. And I don't know if you could see it and yeah. sew it together like a kid's soft book. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank wow. you. So I was really, really proud of this one. I had so much fun coming up with the characters and the names and the storyline. Yeah. Um, it was just really, it was really fun working on this one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely love doing fabric design. It gives me an opportunity to create something with my own um, style. I could really, it's a lot of creative freedom to do what I want. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you do like a lot of patterning um, type of stuff? Mm -hmm. And do you get to like pick out um, uh, textiles and fabrics that they go on? Or is that usually someone else's department? Uh, so that's definitely someone else's department. <sighs> I think most of our stuff is cotton. Again, again, it's like quilting fabric. So it's pretty standard what people would order. Yeah, gotcha. but I get to do everything else. Like I work with... Um, my art director who helps me walk through and change things. Okay. This would work for this market. Maybe let's change this for this age. Uh, but yeah, I get all of the, cr the creative freedom, which is really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, it's, it's good to enjoy your work for sure. Yeah. That's what I've, I've found in my years of experience doing, oh, yeah. doing design for sure. <laughs> um, so you are also a, uh, social media director for the national cartoonist society. Could you talk about, um, your experience with them? Like how you came into the, uh, the position and kind of like, you know, what exactly you do? Uh, yeah. Uh, the national, 
Tampa Cartoonist Society uh, was created in 1946. It was uh, during the war, cartoonists had gone over to entertain the troops and they realized how much they enjoyed hanging out with each other. So they decided to make it an official organization. Uh, so it's a professional organization uh, where we're just like a bunch of cartoonists who get together, uh, talk about anything really. Um, and I've made a lot of good friends through it. And how, how I found them, I cannot remember if I saw them at a table at Comic-Con or I think I, my mom might've read about <laughs> them and was like, hey, you should check this out. You're a cartoonist. I think you'd enjoy yeah. it. Um, yeah, but I've been a member for, oh, four years now. Yeah, I remember for four years. And yeah, I'm on the national board. Uh, I'm actually also uh, one of the vice presidents and the uh, social media director. And most recently, I became the president of the New York chapter. Oh, so I do all of the New York planning stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't have everything. Thank you. I uh, didn't have everything listed online there's only so much you can fit in a bio yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. but yeah no i i really love the organization i love being a part of it um i've met so many interesting cartoonists and writers and it's just so amazing it's amazing being friends with the people whose work you idolize yeah so like I remember how excited I was when I first joined, when I first got in. And I think I remember I was in the library and I was, they had Mad Magazine on there. And I was like, I know this person now. I know that person. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So excited. It's like meeting your heroes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to, to, you know, Comic-Con, that's something I've always wanted to check out, but uh I, I, I've never been, um, I've gone to PAX East a couple of times in Boston since I'm in new England. So it's a little bit closer, but it's been several years since I've, I've done that. And it's those kinds of events are so huge and, and overwhelming. It's really awesome to see like all the different, you know, stuff there. And obviously PAX oh, yeah. is more video game oriented, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, uh, you know, I'm looking through your, your, your Instagram and your website and stuff. Who is Petey the dragon? <laughs> so, uh, Petey the dragon is my pet dragon. Uh, he follows me around pretty much everywhere. <laughs> uh, I forget that he's not real sometimes <laughs> just cause when I, when I draw him in, uh, for, to explain Petey, I take, photos and then I draw this character I created into the photos most of the time he's interacting with me or interacting with my friends yeah. or eating that's what he likes to do he really likes to eat <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but he's just a fun little character I came up with a couple of years ago and I I hope to I have a lot of like projects on my back burner and one of them is a PD of the dragon book. oh cool um but for now, he's just someone I like, a uh, character I like to draw here and there. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's cool that you kind of, you really make it look like he's there. Like it's, it's like Roger Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the tunes kind of like in with real life. It's, it's a really cool effect that you have going on there. Oh, I love yeah, that. No, yeah, Thank no you. problem. I was just wondering, I was like, oh, there's like all these different posts with <laughs> this, this dragon, this PD the dragon character. And I just wanted to know oh, what yeah. was up with that. Yeah. He, I always joke that I'm like, oh, he's my son. And people are like, wow, I want to meet your son. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain like the story behind it. I'm like, it's just a fun yeah. character. It's just, I always have to go, I'm not insane. I don't think he's real. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we, you gotta have fun, you know, especially, especially oh, yeah. with your art. Um, so in speaking of, of characters, you, you have this page on your website or this project called 1000 characters and it's where you drew 1000 unique cartoon characters uh which is wild by the way that's an insane amount of work um 
And <laughs> it goes along with this book that you have called Dan Harmon, Please Hire Me. And for my <laughs> listeners out there, if you don't know who Dan Harmon is, you might be familiar with Rick and Morty or Community, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, so what's the What's the story behind that project? And, you know, how did you go about concepting all these different characters? Like they each have their own like biography <laughs> and all that too. So yeah. it's like, wow, that's, that's a, a really yeah. cool project. Thank you. I, I'm really proud of that project. I came up with the idea. I remember I was like, you know what? I want to challenge myself to draw 10 original characters. I'm just going to draw them and I want to give them like a name, an origin and a fun fact that was it and then I just had so much fun with it that I just kept going mm -hmm. and then I as I was like doing it I was like you know what I should post these like on its own so it could be separate from the other art I'm doing and I realized I was like thousand characters just sounds so good I'm gonna go for a thousand characters and I actually did the project I finished the project in exactly two years as I was approaching the two-year mark I went you know what I can't I can't keep going. I gotta just <laughs> finish this up. Um, but it, it was just so much fun. I definitely learned a lot, um, especially just with character design and um, keeping things loose. Yeah. I think this is where I really applied a lot of uh, my linguistics um, experiences because a lot of the aliens, because there's a mix of aliens and uh, humans. And when I did the aliens, I would basically, I was basically inventing a language as I went along. Um, I, yeah, and I just, I was going to say there's uh, something that I really love doing um, called, I believe it's called con linguistics. It's like with uh, Klingon from Star Trek and Dothraki oh, from Game of yeah. Thrones. They're both real languages. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's. <laughs> it's a weird hobby to have but I like to do that sometimes it's just like come up with uh language systems so I applied a lot of that to writing for the alien characters oh, that's, that's great yeah <laughs> now <laughs> uh, <laughs> curveball question <laughs> but the, uh, yeah you know, you know, the uh, do you know any Klingon <laughs> Unfortunately, no, but it's actually the reason why I went into linguistics. Oh. I didn't, I, when I went to college, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to go for. And uh, my mom was like, you know what, go to a couple of these, um, they had like beginning seminars for different majors. And the linguistics, linguistics professor spent 45 minutes like telling us why Klingon should be taught in schools. And I was like, this is it. I love this <laughs> so much. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you, did you uh, grow up watching any of the Star Trek series or anything like that or? Oh yeah. I, I was raised on all yeah. that stuff. I, I was raised on, oh my God, Monty Python, uh, Three Stooges, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything yeah. on the list. You can just go, my dad, me sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that you have a lot of like sci-fi uh, inspired character artwork and like post-apocalyptic uh, post type mm -hmm. stuff. Um, do you have like what of those is like your favorite like science fiction uh, type story? Oh, I, I do tend to get drawn to the post-apocalyptic world mostly because I think the character design is so fun and so interesting. Like I, I was thinking about like, oh, what are my favorite like sci-fi movies and all that. I truly loved the new Mad Max. <sighs> I just loved everything from the costuming to the, the, the car details to just every single bit of design put into that movie was just genius. Um, yeah, so I do definitely tend to like that. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I used to watch. As like, uh, uh, Max is definitely the first one I think. Yeah, of. yeah, Fury yeah. Road was definitely a fun, a fun movie. And <laughs> I've actually never um, <laughs> sat down and and watched through all the original 
Mad Max movies from like the eighties. <laughs> Probably should do that sometime. I haven't yeah, either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh one one of those things on the list that uh <laughs> I'll get to eventually. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was drawing thousand characters, I did end up drawing a lot of post-apocalyptic characters. A lot of them come from, I called it Earth 2, and that was just so I can group them together and then use them later on. Because um, again, like I said, projects in the back burner and all that, I had been working on a graphic novel called um, 5775. And that's like what year it'll be. So as I was drawing them, I realized, oh my God, these could fit in this story and I could move this design to this part of the book that I'm yeah, working on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> you you are <laughs> yeah. very busy. Did I answer your ah, question? Who knows? Did who I... knows? You're <laughs> you're a very prolific and and uh dedicated artist. And it sounds like you have a ton of really awesome stuff going on, which is really cool to hear you know um so let's let's uh let's transition here and and start to talk about some some 40 and stuff um what began your fascination with cryptids and and cryptozoology was there like a particular uh thing or event in your life that did it for you like did you pick up a book one day that had bigfoot on it or was there like a television show that you saw that kind of just like hooked you in oh yeah um when i was younger i <laughs> it's really funny uh scooby-doo had a movie i think it was called the monster from mexico and it was about the chupacabra and I was young and it scared me and I was so confused and I was like, okay, this is terrifying, <laughs> but it was like my first introduction to cryptozoology. And then a couple of years ago, I was watching one of my favorite shows called Face Off, um, you know, like I'm a sci-fi network and it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like the movie magic, like the people who make the um, FX oh, okay, makeup. yeah for movies um so it's like a, a, a competition show and one of the weeks they were challenged with creating cryptics and i just i loved how much history was there and i loved the creativity of it so that just since then that got me that's hooked. that's great yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i grew up with scooby-doo although there's so much scooby-doo and so many different like generations of like mm -hmm. <laughs> what they've done with that that <laughs> those set of characters that it's it's changed so much i i haven't seen the uh, uh the one with the chupacabra but i did hear recently that there was uh one of the series in the past 10 years uh have you ever heard of the hodag from rhinelander wisconsin i think so yeah, yeah. it's like this green kind of like short stocky beast with big horns and big teeth um that would have like smoke billowing out of its ears. <laughs> um, it was this like totally like made up hoax story uh, by someone in like the late 1800s, early 1900s that would try to like get people to come to his like little sideshow and, <laughs> you know, get make lots of money off of uh, gullible people. But um, the, it's a really fun story. But apparently uh, the Hodag made an appearance in, in a recent uh, Scooby-Doo episode which is really funny <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't doubt them they they really love to pull from supernatural even if it's like again like a, a man in a mask yeah. but like i don't know they did what was it zombie island they did uh the alien invasion yeah like they they really do pull from like ghosts and ghouls and oh yeah no it's great i, I would yeah. say <laughs> yeah scooby-doo is probably like a big in influence on me for like the the strange and unexplained and like all the weird, weird stuff out there for sure. <laughs> I, I, I've probably spent more, more time than I'd like to admit watching that show when I was a kid. Although maybe, uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, watching TV is never a waste yeah, of time to me. I love there it. There you go. It's, it's research. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I've got yeah. my, uh, my discovery plus, uh, <laughs> subscription to watch, watch all the back catalog of finding Bigfoot and Expedition X, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, do you have a favorite cryptid? 
Yes, I I love the Mapinguari. Oh man, I, yeah. Um, it's just such a funny. It could be so scary looking, but so cute looking at the same time. So, like on that show, Face Off, one of them got the Mapinguari, but they chose the tiniest model, and it was just so cute and fuzzy with like a little mouth on its stomach. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the the design of it i guess if that makes yeah sense. yeah it's yeah. definitely a very interesting looking creature for sure um yeah. and it's 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 funny when you if you're like super familiar with north american cryptids a lot of them aren't like super weird or terrifying but when you start venturing out like to southeast asia <laughs> in particular in South mm -hmm. America, like there's some like really, really interesting, but also kind of uh, legitimately <laughs> if you're, if you terrified. ran into something <laughs> like that, um, yeah, you'd be terrified for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. If, if you ever read into um, like Japanese cryptids, mm. some of them are, I can't even read about them because it just scares me to even see the photo of it. Um, there was one that I drew that was really, it was really fun to draw, but it was definitely terrifying called the, uh, Gasha Decoro. I believe that's how it's pronounced. And it's a 60 foot skeleton monster <laughs> that travels at night and picks up the bones of fallen soldiers to then bring into its mass and make it bigger. And if you ever like bump into it, you're not escaping. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's just so scary. That's interesting. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar yeah, oh, yeah, with that one. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's such yeah. a wide world of different legends and folklore. And yeah, I, I'm always learning about new stuff, you know, beyond Bigfoot, yeah. Chupacabra, Mothman, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, basic. the basic cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, out of uh, all the cryptids that are out there, uh, which one do you think has like the highest chance of actually existing? Hmm. So I, it's a tough question. So I would, okay. So I have two answers. One, I think that um, aliens in some form exist mostly because the universe is ever expanding and it seems very self-centered to think this is it and think, oh, yep, this is the entire universe. Um, I don't think that they visited us. I feel like that would be a little more common knowledge <laughs> or like more proof if they actually came, but I think it's a little small-minded to think that they just don't mm -hmm. exist. And I think deep sea creatures exist because <laughs> I have to go because yeah. um, we've only explored less than what 20% of the oceans and some parts of the oceans can reach um, magma level temperatures. So I think that prehistoric creatures might have still existed that's it's just based off scientific fact that we're still discovering new creatures every single day mm -hmm. and even and if you see like the very um like the deep sea creatures we have discovered are really scary oh looking. my god yeah so yeah <laughs> there's like instagram pages that have just dedicated to like deep sea fish and different crustaceans and yeah. jellyfish and all sorts of stuff like I mean, anglerfish are terrifying enough, but they're, <laughs> I feel like they're, they're not even like the most terrifying thing that's like in the <laughs> deep in the oceans. Like we know more about the oh, surface yeah. of the moon than we do about what's, <laughs> what's under the water. <laughs> it's oh, terrifying. Yeah. I would rather take a ship to space than take a submarine. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's the thing is like, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to get a bunch of angry messages being like ellen you're stupid bigfoot is real like <laughs> i don't <laughs> but i i'm definitely more interested in the human nature around cryptozoology i think it's fascinating 
how many people from so many different cultures and countries believe in a lot of similar things and how a lot of folklore kind of repeats itself in different cultures yeah like today i was reading about um swan maidens which are um they're basically i guess like nymphs but instead like their look is more like um swan feathers like wrapped around them but it started in russian folklore but it also exists in i think italian i think um Oh my God, I think it was Japanese, but it also existed. But it's just so interesting that it's spread so widely in so many different ways. Yeah. So that, that's that's why I'm not like, I, I, again, I'm like trying to be very careful and be like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't necessarily believe in all these other ones across the world, but. I just think it's interesting to read about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There 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 must be some kind of like, you know, collective unconscious or something uh for different kind of stories or uh similar ideas to populate around different parts of the world and in yeah. disconnected cultures and stuff. It it's it's a really interesting yeah. uh phenomenon for sure. One thing I learned while interacting with other people who read about cryptics is that they can be very passionate people. <laughs> and I try my best, again, like to tread lightly because I remember, I forgot it was, I think on a Facebook group, I had posted a piece that I was working on and it was, um, I think it came from Norse mythology and someone got furious mm. at me. He was like, it's this isn't cryptozoology cryptozoology has to be unknown creatures this isn't a creature it's a it's a ghost (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm sorry yeah oh hey hey hey, people listening out there let's let's uh let's not gatekeep you know (laughs) cryptozoology is for everybody and uh we all need to be nice to each other (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um so you put together uh you put you put together this book called A to Z of Cryptozoology. Did I get that right? <laughs> okay, yes. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have yeah. show it's a little backwards. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so you know what what was your your um your thoughts about creating that that book? Um, you know, what inspired you to do that? It was um a couple of things. One of the that one of them was that I realized I had a ton of knowledge that I didn't really know where to put because I just I loved reading about cryptics I loved drawing them um I loved writing about them and I was like you know what I think I need to write a book about what I've learned so far and I thought it would be really fun to do an A to Z kids book for adults yeah um it definitely it is for kids too but definitely some of the uh so again, like we talked about, some of them are really terrifying. <laughs> so here's the, it's actually the Gasha de Coral that I was talking yeah. about. Oh man. That giant monster. That's, that's yeah, wild. Scary. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, yeah. So it was really fun putting this together. Um, there's a lot of humor in it. Uh, it's actually, <laughs> sometimes I make myself laugh sometimes. I dedicated it to my first love. Mothman. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a good first love to have, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was really fun putting this together and it's definitely a passion project. I drew these, redrew them, changed which one I wanted for each letter and uh, put it all together. Yeah, now, yeah, um, it was just really fun. that's awesome. Is it, do you have just one, one uh, cryptid for each, uh, each letter or do you have like a couple for each or... Um, uh, this one is just one for each letter. So it's like you flip through a regular uh, A to Z book. And you're like, A is for Ahul. Uh, okay. B is for Bunyip. Yeah. And then it has like their their origin and kind of like a description or a recent sighting. Oh, that's them. awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it all self-published or did you reach out to a publisher to put that out? 
this one is all self-published. Um, I am working on a follow-up book, and it's called uh, "Around the World and Eighty Cryptics." Oh, uh, so it'll be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's instead of uh, was it twenty-six? That's how many letters are now. But yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be 80 cryptics and it's going to be more of like an adventure novel. So this person's traveling around trying to find as many cryptics as she can while traveling the world. Nice. Uh, but that one, I think I'm going to try to pitch to publishers. This, I was like, I just, I want to do it. I want to make it and I want to just sell it myself. Nice. That's awesome. Congratulations on like putting that together and and getting that out. It's always like, thank you. It's a, it's always like a really awesome feeling when you work on something and you like pour your blood, sweat and tears into it. And then you get it out there and like people can see it. And, and you know, it's, uh, that's really, really cool. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. I, I had, I had done, uh, Oh, I do remember I did answer one part of your question earlier. Uh, the other book I did, Dan Harmon, please hire me. Uh, that I was also, that was my first book I ever pub- like self-published and this, this is it again. <laughs> I brought them. Uh, <laughs> this one I had so much fun with too. Uh, this was part of the thousand characters project I uh, talked about before where I, um, I took the first 500 and I put it in a book and each one of them, this is a little different. So like the entire inside is like this. And they're numbered, so you could pick a number and then flip to the back and then read about each one to find out about them. And it was named this uh, because a lot of people uh, would look at my work and they go, oh, your stuff looks like Rick and Morty. It looks like this. And I was like, well, I'm already drawing like it. Dan Harmon should just hire me and use the art I already have. (laughs) So then I went with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar with um, MetaZoo games at all? MetaZoo. Oh, okay. So no, I don't they know. are they're uh, a company that that puts out these. Um, it, it's like a card game. It's kind of like um, Pokemon, but it's it's cryptid in, uh, inspired. Hmm. Uh, so they have all these different like artists that put together like you know different cards that have like stats and stuff and it's all you know unique illustrations yeah you should you should i think (laughs) you'd like that um they uh i i vended at um cryptid con in kentucky back in november last year and they had a very uh a very big presence there they had a few different tables and a lot of their their uh their reps were like walking around handing out cards to people they had um uh people there at the tables like actively drawing different characters and stuff it was really cool um if you ever get if you ever get a chance to to go to cryptid con i highly recommend it (laughs) oh it's it's on my list i have a list of where i want to go covid has made it difficult to go it has it has yeah for sure i feel that but um yeah yeah fingers crossed that things are you know getting back a little bit more toward towards normal (laughs) um (laughs) do you have a like a favorite uh author or researcher or like documentary uh that deals with cryptozoology i gotta be honest i get way too scared trying to watch any of those (laughs) i (laughs) they're they're always filmed in such a way that I'm not going to sleep after watching it. So not, <laughs> nothing specifically um, and no specific uh, author. I really do love just finding articles online and reading about it. Um, I did, what was fun, I did take a uh, course at the um, online, the Center of Excellence. I don't know if you've heard of them before. Uh, but they, you sh- you'd actually really like this. Uh, they offer a cryptozoology course oh, and you can get certified. You know, actually, I, yeah, I, so I got certified. That's awesome. I feel like maybe I've <laughs> vaguely heard of it. Um, I do know, I think there, uh, someone was mentioning about recently, um, about teaching like a, uh, a children's course, like in a class about cryptozoology, mm-hmm. 
Um, it might have been Lisa from Cryptid Comforts. Don't quote me on that, but I, I'm pretty sure it was her. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. I'm going to have to look into that further. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so like that was a really fun class and I learned a yeah. lot. I learned, I definitely what's interesting about uh, cryptozoology is that I don't know, people consider it, well, they call it a pseudoscience, but it really is kind of like a science in the sense of trial and error. Because you still learn something by disproving a hypothesis. So every time we disprove something or we find something is a hoax, we're still like, we're still learning something. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Just, yeah. That's science. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's what I, I learned a lot. There was one uh, part of it just about the Loch Ness Monster. And it was so interesting. Like you said before that someone was doing a hoax, trying to get, um, like tourists to come and pay yeah, for the stuff. Hodag. <laughs> there were people, yeah, there were so many people who would make fake footprints, like gigantic footprints to like convince people of this and that. And for like years, people believed it and would come and visit mm -hmm. just to see the footprints or see this or, but it's just fascinating to learn. Yeah. About yeah. That. That's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have, uh, any like big projects you're working on right now that you can talk about or um, are there any events that you're, you're hoping you can actually make it to at some point this year or the next? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do have a couple of fabric things coming out soon, but I can't say any specifics. Uh, and I already said that I am currently working on another cryptozoology book. Yeah. I am working on a second Dan Harmon, Please Hire Me book. Uh, this one is called uh, Dan Didn't Call, Matt Graining, It's Your Turn. Ah. Uh, so it'll, it'll be the, the second half of the Thousand Characters uh, project. Uh, yeah, and the rest are kind of just back burners right now. Uh, I will be, for events go, I'm going to be at Mocha Fest in New York. Uh, that's through the Society of Illustrators, and I'll be tabling with the National Cartoonist Society. Nice. And uh, as of right now, yes, we are going to be at Comic-Con again this year. So I'll also be running that. Great, table. great. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What are what are the the dates on those those shows? If, do you... <laughs> so I know I'm like thinking, I know Mocha Fest is the end of this month. I believe it's April 2nd and 3rd, if that's the Saturday and Sunday. Um, and Comic-Con is usually in October. Mm. I th think the 11th through the 14th, but I might be wrong, but it's usually like beginning of October. Sure. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Th those will be fun. I'm sure. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. excited. Comic. I've done Comic-Con a couple of years now and it's always just, just so exciting being there and meeting so many different people. And when you're not at the table, getting to go to different panels and events, Hopefully you'll be down here one day to come. It's, it's just really yeah, fun. Yeah, I'd love it's, to it's go. It's crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to go someday for sure. Um, so, at, you know, we're, we're kind of coming to the top of the hour here. Um, at this point, I usually, uh, you know, open up the, the show to some audience questions. Uh, I do have one for tonight uh, that uh, comes from something underscore... IDK 56 underscore. <laughs> and they ask, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite cryptid to draw? Mm, that is a tough one. I, hmm, I think it's really fun to draw the Fresno uh, night crawlers just because they are just, it's very simple, but they can be so cute because they're just like walking pants. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely have fun uh, drawing them. Uh, I've definitely had a lot of fun um, when I drew uh, the Sasquatch because he got very detailed with the fur. Um, yeah, I think those are the two that pop into my mind as like my favorite to draw and sketch. Nice, yeah. Fresno Nightcrawlers are, <laughs> are a super fun cryptid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like... It's so silly. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And it's like, nobody knows what they are. Were they a pair of pants on a, a clothesline or <laughs> are they actually. <laughs> or was it a flash? Yeah. Was it this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's fun to talk about and debate for sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. It's again, I just love hearing the stories of it. I love hearing the backgrounds of it. It's just. Why yeah. Not? <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. There's only like, you know, there's the the Fresno. um sighting that was on on the uh the security camera the home security camera cctv footage that was like (laughs) someone took a camcorder and filmed the cctv and that's why it's so so bad in in the footage you know (laughs) so that makes it a little bit sus but uh and then there's the yosemite footage but there there are some other stories out there of people who have run into something that sounds a lot similar to what that was like in Canada and some other spots of North America. If you look into it further, but yeah. You know what? That, that goes back to me like treading lightly because there are creatures that were once cryptics that were proven real. Like Mm -hmm. you have the platypus, you have, what is it? The mountain gorillas, the, um, Oh, the, the giant squid. Yeah. Yeah, the colossal squid or whatever that they finally found 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also like the the Kraken was literally based on octopus and squid. I think it was Vikings that were uh, going through water for the first time. And this is when water pollution didn't really exist. So there weren't giant boats chasing these creatures away so they were closer to the surface yeah and to someone who's never seen a squid before i'm sure it looked like a giant sea monster right right like <laughs> yeah and like octopus and squid are are very intelligent animals too <laughs> oh yeah there's oh 100%. yeah there, have you heard of the uh like the the school of thought that some scientists think that octopus might be extraterrestrial like they came here via pan, like panspermia like on a, a meteorite or something huh. and crash landed millions of years ago no i never heard yeah that i guess before. like their 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 <laughs> dna and chromosomal makeup is like vastly different than most other life on earth apparently i don't know Interesting. yeah i read an article about that a little while ago so it's like huh <laughs> yeah. maybe aliens are real i don't know <laughs> and they're right here they're in our oceans yeah. they've been here the yeah whole time. could be could be <laughs> Um, so I've got one final question before we, uh, we wrap up the regular show here, uh, that I, I, I typically ask all my guests. Um, so out of all the, the high strangeness out there in the world, uh, what would you say keeps you up at night the most? <laughs> keeps me up at, like being scared of it or that I think about it obsessively. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Scared (laughs) existential crisis. I don't know. (laughs) Either Uh, or. Well, I think that that goes way past cryptology. Uh, (laughs) That's more just internal uh, despair. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh God. That's, that's a really tough question. Um, Again, it's one of the uh, cryptozoology is something I'm very passionate about reading about and like writing about, but I don't know if it's something that keeps me up at night. (laughs) The only time it's kept me up at night is when I suddenly have an idea and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to write this down. I got to draw this right now. And then it's 4 AM. I'm like, I just spent an hour drawing the Yeti. There you go. Like (laughs) that keeps you up at night. I need to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Always tired. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show uh tonight alan where can my audience find you thank you yeah so i'm on instagram at ellenliebenthal.art and uh my website ellenliebenthal.com is uh where you can buy my books uh for the cryptozoology book i also have i'm actually wearing it a yeti pin nice and i have uh sticker packs and a bonus mothman sticker. awesome so great yeah Thank you. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Ellen's going to hang out for a few more minutes for uh, Strangeology Beyond, the Patreon segment of the show. We're just going to hang out and chat about cryptids and other weird stuff. Uh, So for everyone else, uh, 
Thanks for tuning in and we'll, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks again, Ellen, for coming on to the show. That was a fun conversation and the world could use some more talk about Scooby-Doo's influence on cryptids or vice versa. (laughs) Definitely check out her projects and her amazing artwork if you like comics, cartoons, cryptids and, and that kind of thing. And as I always do when wrapping up an episode, I've got to give a big thanks to everyone out there who checks out my show. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the Strangeology podcast. It means a lot to me and helps me out so much when you do. And if you have a minute, I'd love it if you left me a review over on Apple Podcasts or if you want to just send me a message or suggestions, you can email me at strangeologist at gmail.com or hit me up in my DMs. And don't forget to sign up for my mailing list as well. You can find that over on my blog website, strangeology.com. I occasionally send out merch store discounts and notifications of shop sales and new content if I remember to (laughs) send out an email. I don't send out uh, email blasts too often, so you don't need to worry about spam from me. (laughs) If you're looking for an easy way to support the Strangeology podcast and helping me to do what I love, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. Members have access to several tiers with different benefits and perks starting at as little as $1 per month. Some of the perks include shoutouts, the Homestate Cryptid of the Month t-shirt club, VIP Discord access, early access to new content, access to members only content like Strangeology Beyond, exclusive members only merch, and more. And a quick shout out to my patrons. We've got Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, The Mystic Novelty Company, Appalachian Huntsman, MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird, Sean Cologne, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Maureen Asmat, Gail Frederick, Adam Flynn, Connor Boyle, Ryan Holiday, Cassie Maratson, Ann Lutra Zakowski Ford, and Roxy Roberge. So again, if you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I definitely appreciate it a ton. You can also support the show by heading on over to my Etsy shop at strangeology.etsy.com where I have a ton of cryptid and extraterrestrial and Fordian themed merch on t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, stickers, mugs, and a lot more. And don't forget to follow me on all the social media accounts. I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok, where things kind of get wild every now and then. And of course, my YouTube channel for new video content. Uh, Definitely subscribe over there. And that about does it for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview. For members, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, Ellen and I are going to continue our conversation on the world of art and cryptids, so stick with us, and for everyone else, take care of yourselves and each other, and until next time, keep it strange.
right. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us for Strangeology Beyond. Uh, thanks again, Ellen, for, for uh, the awesome interview and hanging out for a few more minutes here.